Broadcasting from deep within the great pit of Cartoon, this is the DBAC Discussion Podcast, your source for Star Wars news, theories, and reviews, with your hosts, TJ Bowser, Jordan White, Logan LeVegg, and Grandmaster Mo. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Do Back Discussion Podcast. This is your host, TJ Bowser. Grandmaster Mo signing on. Today, we are accompanied by the writer of the Do Back Discussion Network, uh, Timothy Keegan, a.k.a. Gold Leader. Gold Leader, ready to go. Today, we have a lot to talk about. It's a special episode for us. We are missing our Padawans, Joe the Rogue, and Jordan White, but we will continue on without them this week. We will talk about The Last Jedi. We will talk about some art, you know. Uh, no Rogue Rant, though. We'll talk about some new solo posters because of the plagiarism claims and some uh, different version of The Last Jedi that we haven't seen yet. But we will tell you how to watch it. So I think the first topic we should talk about are some of the uh, behind-the-scenes clips. Uh, Mohammed, what do you think about these? So, yeah, this was a really interesting thing for... Uh for someone to see especially as someone who really enjoyed the last jedi um kind of looking at sort of the behind the scenes i know flicks in the city is um part of a promo campaign for the last jedi uh, for the home release of the last jedi it's an excerpt from the behind the scenes clip titled lighting the spark creating the space battle now this this clip kind of focuses on general leia and or princess leia as some may know her although she was promoted to general and her relationship with the pilot Poe Dameron in the movie. Um, what I found really interesting is kind of something I glimpsed from the conversation that was going on is that Poe really is reminiscent of Han Solo in that he's kind of gung ho. He's kind of um, ready to go half cock thinks a blaster or a ship can fix any problem. And you kind of see some, and you do kind of see some of that frustration in Leia, what do, uh, I don't know what you guys think of that. Yeah, I think he does relate to Han Solo a lot, and uh, that might be his downfall, to be honest. Uh, but it does cause recklessness, I'd say. You can see that a lot in uh, The Last Jedi, especially with the uh, fire, 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 fire attitude that he has, you know, the think before acting type thing, you know, which he gets right, reprimanded right. for and demoted for. Mm. Yes, of course. What do you think, Tim? Well, especially whenever they, he was kind of the cause for them losing their bombing fleet. Granted, they might have got down a dreadnought, but how are they going to get down another one now? So I can under, I understand how Leia was a little upset with him on that, and how he just wants to kind of go and blow stuff up instead of think before he acts. So he's got a lot of Han Solo in him, but he's got to be able to kind of put a leash on it and lead when he needs to lead and blow stuff up when he needs to blow stuff up. Would yeah, you- you're absolutely right. I think that part of um, since there's an age difference between Leia and Poe, unlike between Leia and Han, where they were kind of equals, you have sort of a mentor type of relationship. And they had to redo the clip or like do about 20 takes of Poe getting slapped by Leia, which I found to be kind of funny. Yeah. Mm. Uh, can, can we blame 
Poe for Page Tico's death? Indirectly, perhaps. <laughs> Indirect manslaughter. Uh, right. <laughs> so this this was just kind of more of a behind-the-scenes thing. I like how we're still getting the behind-the-scenes look like we did with the prequels. We, you know, whenever we got a prequel uh, DVD home release, there's always behind-the-scenes featurettes in them. And the same thing, whenever we got the uh, 4, 5, and 6, we got the uh, we got the making of all the movies also in that documentary. George Lucas right. was always like always pushed the making of Star Wars, and I think that's really part of it. What makes us such big fans of it and brings us closer to Star Wars is the fact that we know how things work behind the scenes, and we can see, well, oh, okay, well, that's how they did that. You know, maybe one I day I could do something like that. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. It's part. It's part of the general overall Star Wars experience. I think seeing how things are done, like you said. Yeah, it makes the galaxy so far, far away not feel so far, far away. You know. <laughs> oh, well put uh the puppeteer uh muhammad uh about talks about bb8 the guy that does bb8 you know the yeah brian herring the guy that runs behind him <laughs> <laughs> yeah the um he was there was a brief interview with him on the star wars show um and he they kind of chat about what the, the things that go into bringing BB-8 to life, you know, the adorable droid. Um, and kind of, uh, there, I mean, like you said, there's a, there's a lot to go into. It's hard to describe, but basically he's this guy running behind BB-8 with these two poles sticking into him. And what I found to be the, the, the funniest little fact is the fact that he does little <laughs> noises for BB-8, actually. <laughs> what was that again, Muhammad? <laughs> whatever i don't i don't know how he does it he must have practiced a lot yeah uh what was it uh laura dern when she was doing the holdo thing and she would shoot the blaster uh she'd actually make pew pew noises and she shot it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pew, pew, pew. i wonder if uh daisy really does that with lightsabers <laughs> oh man that's funny Right, but, but he just the kind of the, about- the interview is available on um, the Star Wars show or Star Wars News Net. Uh, if people wanted to check it out, I think it's definitely worth taking a look at. Yeah, uh, I agree with Muhammad. Uh, Tim, talk about Phil and the uh, making of books. Oh, the art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I looked into that a little bit last night. That Phil's. Uh, how do you say his last name? So's. Zostak? I think it's Zostak, something Zostak. like that. It sounds Polish yeah. or um, Eastern European of some sort. But uh, he was going through and uh, he was talking about how he was doing like all the art and stuff like that. And they have a bunch of the art posted up on uh, StarWarsNews.net. And a lot of it is actually in pretty good detail. Uh, uh, he had a bunch of tweets about uh, doing the art for uh, the Solo Project. Um, he also has a bunch for like some movie scapes, basically planning out like just what the what the background of like what the filming and stuff is going to be looking like, and it actually looks pretty decent. Like, I'm looking at one right here where it's uh, it's an old ATAT that's junked out and looks like they have a whole bunch of uh, they turn it into like some kind of building. But right, I mean. 
he has to go i think just the audacity of the project that he has to do phil has to go through tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of pieces of art little snippets um big or small no matter how big or small the the art is he has to go through it and then try to sort of um arrange it in a way that makes sense to the reader mm-hmm. i think that just the fact that he has to do um just the sheer audacity of the the workload is insane what's uh with disney and their fascination of people living in downed ATATs? i know right <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a cool concept but yeah that's that's strange did, did you notice that phil stostack guy if you go to his twitter is uh did you see his profile picture who the hell is that? That's not him. It doesn't look like him. <laughs> it looks like a young version of Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, I was thinking something like that. <laughs> Almost like from far away, if you close one eye, it looks That's like That's not Paul a guy McCartney. from Spinal Tap, is it? That movie? I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? No, no. sir. Is he? Yeah, he is. That's the guy from Spinal Tap. No shit. Really? Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. He looks like a mix of like Ozzy Osbourne and Mick Jagger. Yeah, it's weird. Look at Osbourne. Right. Well, this is the second um, part. In our last episode, we covered the first part. This is the second part. And as more details come along from Phil, we'll be sure to share them with you guys. Oh, absolutely. Did you see that one picture he posted with like the dead tree and all the candles and stuff? Yeah, that was. Um, it's almost. Fiorentine or like from almost looks like a renaissance painting of sorts almost with the details and the depth it just kind of shows you the insane amount of work that goes into star wars the smallest little bit of detail has so much work that goes into it so we have to be thankful thankful for people like phil who show, give us these tiny little glimpses and who put so much work into these tiny little glimpses into the you know the behind the scenes yeah there was a a prime video Facebook Q&A with Ryan, Ryan Johnson. Uh, bring it up here. Uh, Tim, you watched this? Wait, the, the Q&A with Ryan Johnson? Yes, I did. Yeah. What did you uh, think of uh, his answers? Oh, uh, well, let me pull it up here real quick to refresh my memory. If it'll let me. I, the thing that makes him such a good Star Wars director and what made him so successful at The Last Jedi, I think, is because he is a Star Wars fan. I feel if yeah, we, yeah, if, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a massive star. Like, I remember him talking about how, like, he just he got the call and he was just in shock and awe because they were just like, hey, you're going to do a Star Wars film. He's like, okay. <laughs> then he's getting a hold of his buddies. He's like, hey, I'm doing a Star Wars film. They're just like, nah, ah. <laughs> yeah man like we're gonna have to work hard on this and just that feeling he had whenever he was working with all of his favorite heroes and just it felt so sur- like just unreal for him because i mean let's face it if we were working on the same project and all of a sudden mark hamill walks up dressed up as luke skywalker you're gonna have a little bit of a holy shit that's luke skywalker yeah <laughs> like we're all just in shock and awe, and I can't, I can't imagine how he felt actually being able to work on something like that. I wouldn't be able to. Yeah, when I was like, uh, pinch me moments, you yeah. know, like, like, is this how real? is this real? <laughs> like, I'm actually making a Star Wars movie. Like, you're just, you're pretty much George Lucas for 
a year. He commented on Kylo Ren's and Ray's relationship, and he, uh, to quote Ryan Johnson, he said, to me, it was one of the most fascinating relationships in The Force Awakens, and that's why I was immediately drawn to it. Johnson said, it's fascinating because they're simultaneously opposites in terms of he's dark side, she's light side. At the same time, they're the same. At the same time, they're alone in the same way. On the reason why Luke had to turn off the Force, the reason of for me that Luke had to turn off the Force was because of Leia. Johnson said, if he had a connection to Leia, if he could see his sister suffering, it would he could hear her calls for help. There's no way he'd be able to do that, be able to do what he thinks he has to do, which is to stay on that island for good of the galaxy. You know, because he doesn't want him marauding around. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't want to maraud around the galaxy anymore. You know, fight the good fight, I guess. Mm-hmm. Plus, everybody's got, like, the whole topic and idea that like luke is just this one massive master of the force to where like he could just blow down entire armies of the first order and he just doesn't not have proper training i mean I, I know he's like the new master of the jedi but i mean he can't go out there and pull a yoda what, what's his hands on training fighting a couple uh stormtroopers and fighting vader yeah right of course and i mean just the old jedi back before the empire Imagine all the years. I mean, he signed up to start training as a Jedi at night, what, 19 years old? Yeah. Like I mean, that, Anakin yeah. Skywalker was nine, and they considered him to be almost too old. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and all of the stuff that he's been reading recently after uh, he destroyed Vader was mostly from books and stuff, you know? Right, right. But I think it does speak to the the potential within Luke, the fact that he didn't have such a thorough training and yet he was powerful. Yeah. In his, in his abilities. Like uh, Yoda said at the end of episode six, uh, you're not a Jedi yet, but you have to face Vader. Mm-hmm. He had no formal training no. by any other Jedi. What he spent, what from what I estimate around six months on Dagobah in episode five training with Yoda. And before he barely had any training with Obi-Wan. Yeah, probably speaks to all, um, the fact that he had such little training. Probably also speaks to uh, the fact that he was such a shit teacher. <laughs> That's <laughs> trying true. To, <laughs> trying to murder almost uh, one of his students. Well, yeah, because he had self doubts about himself, and <laughs> I mean, he tried to kill his nephew for the love of God. Oh, it's it's. It's the way you look at it. I think it's people because they hyped it up so much. Mm-hmm. And then whenever they finally watched the movie, they had a, this image in your head, like you said, that he was able to take out armies and stuff. Like, I even read somewhere that somebody expected him to be able to take down a Star Destroyer, you know, like Starkiller did in the Force Unleashed games. Oh, I miss those like, games. <laughs> like, they, they wanted him to be able to do that. And we just, we wouldn't see Luke Skywalker doing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't. Not even, yeah. You wouldn't see. If... Like almost any Jedi would be able to do those things. It's kind of this greater than than real life type of imagination of Luke. I mean, granted, he did take down an AT-AT in Empire, but he had a little help from a bomb. Right, right. <laughs> and that was more of, I think, his cheekiness and his clever yeah, um, right. nature. I agree with you there. Uh, yeah, very. <laughs> but like, he had like, Everybody had this idea for Luke as this massive warrior that can just take out massive armies. I kind of think that he kind of started believing it himself because when, whenever he was talking about it in The Last Jedi, 
he'd always bring up about how uh, uh, the Last Jedi Order they, they became pompous and like thought they were like awesome and everything like that, and they allowed that esteem issue to make them not see Senator Palpatine for who he really was and let Palpatine take over and basically destroy the Jedi. But he kind of did the same thing, and I'm looking at it because all these people think he's awesome, and he was feeling the same way about it. So he was going to take it upon himself to destroy Ben before Ben turned into this big, huge villain. And then he realized in that second there that he's like, no, I'm not this massive warrior. I can... I shouldn't be feeling this, and then that's whenever... Ended up backfiring and yeah. became that bad guy anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the, what, what, you, what you were just saying, Tim, kind of reminded me of when he was trying to teach um, Rey the ways of the Force and, mm-hmm. and the, the truth about the Jedi. He say, what he say? He said it was hubris, the yeah. idea that the Jedi are this all-powerful, all-righteous force in the galaxy. I agree. Uh, so we're getting a new documentary... Uh, a sneak peek. We got a sneak peek of a behind-the-scenes documentary type thing. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Like I said earlier with the old George Lucas stuff we used to get, uh, I'm happy that Disney... We got one with uh, The Force Awakens, but it wasn't really in that, that depth, and I think it was only like 30 minutes long. Yeah. We're used to hour, hour and a half long documentaries about the mm-hmm. making of these films. But again, Disney's a different entity than what pre-2014 Lucasfilm was, you know? Right, the director and the Jedi. I'm really excited for this documentary. Kind of, I took a look at this, the quick 11 minute sneak peek of it, and it's really exciting. Um, some good stuff to look at and look forward to. Yeah, and I remember Ryan was saying about how uh, he wanted to make sure that it wasn't just like somebody going around with the camera, just catching little pics and here, here and there. He wanted to make sure like some they were pretty much making another Star Wars film. They were just, properly documenting the process. Yeah, they wanted to make sure like everybody got like the feelings of what was going on and like the actual severity of like the situations that was going on and like how hard it was actually to get everything in place especially that one little video about how they're trying to figure out the show times and stuff like that and like where they're going to meet up and like that massive schedule that they had was pretty uh, i couldn't even imagine trying to do that myself (laughs) i'd be pulling my hair out so muhammad did you read about the plagiarism stuff with the solo posters yeah, I saw that, and um, at first I was skeptical. I was like, "What? Maybe this is just some small artist trying to get some, you know, recognition, or or trying to get some like cheap way to get publicity." But if you look, if you were to look at it, it's not too far fetched. I mean, it's basically <laughs> no, his, that's straight up his off. idea. Yeah, <laughs> that's plain as day plagiarism. I don't know how that got past Disney's team. Like, let's be honest, that is straight up copy paste shit right there. Right. I mean, I mean, it's brilliant. So props to him um, for standing up for himself, um, because that is a really good, um, good pieces of art. But also these new these new replacement um, posters, not that bad either. Each one has its own color kind of go, going along with the same um, Lando's blue. Um, the blue color for Lando's, I think, is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to see the new posters whenever they're done. I mean, we got the your well, the international posters, ones that say Han Solo, but that's not what it is for us. Right, right. We got what? How many days till we got 
66. 66 days till solo. Wow. That's 66 oh. days till your baby comes, Tim. Yeah, about. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't come out the 25th, right? Yeah, yep. 25th of May. Memorial yeah, Day. My, my kids do the 20th, so I got like 61 days. Oh, damn. Oh, man. Congratulations, yeah. my friend. Yeah, my woman's hoping that she'll be able to be out of the hospital within those five-day periods so she can go out and see the whole, the Han Solo movie. <laughs> but that's all she's worried Priorities about. Priorities are in check. <laughs> Absolutely. Got to watch that Solo. Okay, so... Where are we? Okay, yeah. So Ryan Johnson says there's a way to watch The Last Jedi, and it's a music-only version, which to me is just very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you really appreciate classical-type Star Wars music, I mean, yeah, go for it, man. But how are you going to sit through two and a half hours of that accompanied by video? <laughs> I, I understand how he just wanted to like show how John Williams puts his heart and soul into the music with the movies but that's a two and a half hour long music video <laughs> yeah that, that's that's a little too long like how are we supposed to hear poe dameron's jokes if they're covered over by uh the sweet sound of john williams in the london I think i'm gonna i'm gonna go against the grain here and say that this seems like a pretty interesting experiment and i'm definitely excited to look at it um kind of it's almost changing the genre it's the same movie delivered via a different genre the silent film almost yeah it's a, it's a way to to let john williams score to deliver the same message that otherwise the dialogue would have delivered so how is he saying that one can do this you have to have the uh disney's watch movies anywhere app well yeah the disney's movies anywhere app and it says if you want to buy a movie anywhere online or the Blu-ray, you have to access you have access to a music-only version of the Last Jedi. So, oh, so he, they must be including that in these releases. Okay. <laughs> What's this? This is Johnson's. What is that? I don't know. Oh, that was your music. Okay. (laughs) Little technical difficulty there. (laughs) But it says, this is Johnson's latest play with the sound, an approach that percolated throughout The Last Jedi in one scene involving Lord Dern's purple-haired Vice Admiral Haldu. The sound cuts out to create a vacuum-like effect, you know, whenever she does the hyperdrive thing through Snoke's ship. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was so noticeable that the movie theaters ended up posting signs that warned audiences about the moment, which then led to more of a kerfuffle than a perhaps (laughs) intended. That was epic, watching her. That was a very good use of sound, though. Uh, I think them taking away all the sound in that moment really amplified the effect of, holy fuck, what did that crazy bitch just do, you know? I thought (laughs) she was just going to take out the one main ship, but she took out, like, all All of them. them, yeah. Like the, the, that perfect lineup. <laughs> oh man, I like it. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting to say the least. I didn't think the purple haired chick was going to be so badass at the end. Uh, <laughs> I still think that Leia should have been in there instead of her in that yeah, ship. I don't know. Or um, Admiral Akbar. Well, he he died whenever he you got know back he just like dies out. and he's like sitting in the he's, he's sitting in the chair and he's like, no, this is a trap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really thought that was going to be it for Leia when she got sucked into outer space. Like, especially after Carrie Fisher passed away, I thought that was going to be it. And then they surprised us. For sure. Uh, 
we got a couple tops like topic <laughs> topics topics of discussion to talk about this week uh since we do have uh me and muhammad here and we do have tim uh he's a pretty analytic guy and so is muhammad uh so let's talk about the thrust the, the thrust ability the possibility of thrawn showing up later Throssibility. <laughs> that's a new word that's a merriam-webster's uh, dictionary uh the possibility of thrawn showing up later uh, like in star wars resistance what do you think well Mark? i'm gonna let you take the the lead on this because i know as, as the listeners also know by would know by now what a big thrawn fan you are it's a slight thrawn fan uh i think if he showed up He'd definitely be again once again a prominent villain in the Resistance. Well, not the Resistance, but the Resistance TV show. Uh, we saw how menacing he was in seasons three and four, and like I said before, Thrawn with the Star Destroyer is the deadliest thing in the Star Wars universe. And I, I'd say a lot could go with uh, a lot can be said about this the uh, Imperial Navy to begin with. Yeah. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin was the same way. Uh, Thrawn is like that. Uh, Admiral, your your uh, what's his name? Yularen, what's that guy's name from the Clone Wars? Yularen, Anakin, oh, you know, girl. mustache dude. Yularen, oh, Yularen, Admiral Yularen. Yeah, he uh, he was also one of those type of guys. And uh, but anyway, back to the Thrawn thing. Uh, him showing up later would be a perfect example. He's he's a fan favorite at this point. I mean, they definitely brought my fandom back. Re- well, definitely resurfaced it after many many years because the last time i read any part of the thrawn trilogy was i had to been in high school i had to have been so it was years and years ago and i completely forgot that thrawn was even part of the star wars until they brought him back in season three and it kind of blew my mind and then when they added rook uh that really of course they made rook like this real small little bugger (laughs) but The possibility yeah. of Thrawn come, showing up later. I think that's a good one. Because if they say that Ezra's alive, then Thrawn's alive. Yeah, I think so. I think that um, the interconnectivity that Disney's trying to add to the Star Wars universe will be reflected possibly, hopefully, in the, Thrawn, the character of Thrawn. Like you said, he's a very menacing character. But I do disagree in that he'll return as a villain, per se. I personally think it will be smarter to bring him back as a sort of not not a for sure not a hero but perhaps not a villain a sort of in between um if you've read the thrawn book you know that his loyalty ultimately is to the spoiler alert the chis people um his own people in that he saw them working for the empire as a means to an end he was um not an end in and of itself so i think he might be this character that plays both sides, maybe along the same lines of um, Benicio del Toro's character in The Last Jedi. All right, I can see that working pretty well. Because the only way I could see him coming back for like the First Order is if uh, Kylo Ren goes good side, like the way everybody's thinking. Because they brought up that top to where like Ben might go good. Like he might pull a Vader and be bad for a while and go good. And then at the end of that, General Hux is going to be like, well, I'm going to be the leader. And I could see Thrawn show up and be like, no, <laughs> I'm going to lead your asses. This is my theory. He comes back. Emperor's pissed. You failed me. I brought you into this world to take you out type thing. He doesn't kill him. He sends him to the out, uh, the unknown regions. He meets the, un- the Yuzhan Vong like in <laughs> Legends. 
and he gets out there and he's stuck fighting fighting the Yushan Vong. Vader comes to help him, and that's what the next book's the next book is about. Make sense? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it says in the the description of the book that Vader and Thrawn team up to fight an unknown enemy. Hmm. Yushan Vong, them crazy motherfuckers from Legends. I think it's possible. Could happen. Might not happen. Who knows? We'll find out when Star Wars Resistance premieres on the Disney streaming app. Well, streaming service, whatever the fuck it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. It's probably going to be called the Mouse Cast or some shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) The Mouse Cast. Uh, I mean, personally, I just can't wait for it. If it was going to be anything like Clone Wars or Rebels, then it's going to be a good one. John Favreau has some big shoes to fill, but I'm I think he. I think he's. He's got doing what it the takes. live action one, not the animated one. Oh right, not not John Favreau. Filoni. Um, yeah. Wow. Both he, Fs. I, this is how I look at it. Uh, Clone Wars was his prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Rebels was his OG trilogy. Resistance is his sequel trilogy. This is beginning, middle, and end. Filoni. Right. If Filoni's anything like George Lucas, that last episode, that's gonna be fucking dope. We saw how he delivered with Return of the Jedi. If, if George Lucas did anything good, it was he did really good in wrapping up trilogies. Yeah. Episode 3 is one of the best Star Wars movies. Hands down. Episode 6 is very entertaining to watch. If he's anything like his mentor, I'm sure Resistance will be just as good, if not better than Rebels. Especially now that we see an, we'll see an older Ahsoka Tano, an older Sabine Wren. We'll see, hopefully, Ezra if he comes back. Uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe it'll take place on Lothal. We'll see a Hera. We'll see a Jason Sindula. We'll see probably Zeb and Callus. Maybe who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? In Resistance. It's all speculation. We're gonna do this like we did with the Last Jedi. We're gonna throw shit up in the air until the fucking movie comes out. And whenever the movie comes out, we'll find out. Whenever the shit was real, we'll stick to the ceiling, and the rest of the shit will fall. You know. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's speculation, but then again, we can have these talks like this. Like, will Thrawn come back? What will happen? What's going to happen to him? But will Luke return as a Force ghost to help Rey in Episode Nine? We did watch him become one with the Force, like we did Qui Gon, like we did Obi Wan, like we did Yoda. Will he come back? Oh, and I guess also Vader. Will he become one with the Force to help Rey, even though he showed so much reluctance in the Last Jedi? I hope he does. <laughs> I really hope he does. I don't want this last episode to be the end of Luke. Uh, what do you think, Mo? I, I think it's a possibility, but I personally wouldn't bank on it too much. I think there's just too much to do in episode nine to worry about bringing Luke back. Um, I guess there's, there's no way to know except to wait and see it or, um, or if there's any like, rumors or tabloids or whatever that exposed Luke Skywalker or sorry, Mark Hamill (laughs) 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 on the set. Um, But then again, I mean, anything's possible. I just think Disney so far hasn't been that invested in taking care of the fans love of the characters per se. I mean, they just took Akbar out like that and just nothing. Um, but I, it's definitely a possibility. But Akbar's um, a little bit I, different than Luke, though. No, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know what you think about it. I just don't really see. I think maybe Anakin Skywalker might come back. I just 
don't know if Luke might. Then what again, Obi Wan or Ben Kenobi did come back. Are we going to see Hayden Christensen's Force Ghost come back? Oh. Like, yo, we don't need that. No. <laughs> he might like... return to Kylo Ren. I don't know. It'd just be like, cut the shit. Like, like I was thinking, he I comes thinking. to Kylo and he just looks at him. He's just like, I don't like sand. Yeah, it gets I... everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking Luke was going to come back as a ghost, not to really like help Ray out more, but to more like kind of be there for Ben and try to convince Ben to go back because Luke still has that little bit of unfinished business with Ben. Like, granted, he stood up to Ben and kind of apologized to him in the, the end of his last film, but he, as soon as Luke was ready to go, he was just like, strike me down with all of your hatred and I'll return and be there with you. You'll be one thing. So, I mean, who knows? I, ben is his nephew and he failed him, so he he still has to try to come back and bring Ben back to Leia and my idea of it. So I'm thinking he's going to come back as a forest ghost for, uh, uh, Ben, you know, that is, that is, um, something to think about now that I do. I think that's definitely a real possibility, probably more so than him coming back to help Ray out. Mm-hmm. I think Ray's going to be too busy training her doing her own thing, but training uh, the next gen. I'm- uh, Jedi with those book with the text that she has. And then right. again, here, here here's another thing: is uh, here's Ray, an un uh, untrained Jedi. I don't even want to call her a fucking Jedi. Yeah. But an untrained Force user out there with a bunch of ancient Jedi texts claiming to being able to teach these Force sensitive children the ways of the Force. I want to see that shit happen in Episode Nine. I want to see Ray show up to the first order. First order's door knocking and be like, "Hey, bitches! I got this army with me. I'm like ten years older. Like, let's fight." You know, Ahsoka shows up. Fucking Thrawn comes down out of the unknown regions. It's just like an all-out war. You know what I mean? Well, they showed that one force-sensitive child at the end of uh... Broom Boy. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people saw that in the very end until like they actually saw the movie again. Then they were just like, "Wait a minute." You know what live-action character they could bring in from the? Uh, I mean, from the Rebels. Zeb. Hmm. I can already see all the behind-the-scenes stuff that will go into the making of Zeb. <laughs> Let's get it. Uh, so, Muhammad, I got a question for you. What's Chewie's Chol- what's, uh, Chew- Chew- role in Star Wars post-Solo <laughs> Death? <laughs> nice. That's very impressive. It's a very impressive um, uh, impersonation. I do think that we saw a little bit of what his role yeah, could nothing. be um, in episode um, <clears throat> in the last Jedi episode eight kind of, he's this figure. There's definitely a little bit less warmth in him. I think he's just like, I'm so done with the Skywalkers. I think like, that Disney is treating him like an antiquity mm-hmm. kind of like him along. Yeah. Like, Hey, you know, the original trilogy's not dead. I mean, we still got the Millennium Falcon and yeah. Chewbacca. Like, we're not pushing everyone out. <laughs> I think that that's a good point. Um, what do you think, Tim? Uh, I like to see Chewie have more of an important role instead of just, like, randomly eating one of those... Porgs? Yeah. Porgs. Like, Porg on a stick? Porg yeah, like on that, a stick. That's pretty much all he's been there for. Just, like, hey, I'm randomly chilling with Han still, and then Han dies. And, like, hey, I'm just going to chill with Rey and eat some of these little guys and I think, save sorry, resistance. Sorry. But uh, they need to do more stuff with 
the remaining original characters, in my opinion. Because Nine they're just <laughs> They're just pushing away all the original characters, and it kind of upsets me a little bit. Tim, what original characters are left? I, I, Chewie, R2, C-3PO, Nine Numb. Leia. Nine Numb. I'm a Nine Numb apologist. Do not leave him out. Yeah, don't leave Nine Numb out. We, we, we did an analysis of The Last Jedi. Nine Numb survived. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one's nine? Is that that one uh, the pilot? Fit, yeah, that was the, with uh, Lando. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still there. Yep, he was one of the what we determined thirteen people. Something like that. You know, we I don't mean the to math, be a Debbie did, Downer, but I do years. think Chewie's role in could be to die. We had Logan do math, and we had him determine how many people actually died on fucking crate. Really? Yeah. Oh snap! What was it? Like sixty-six people died on crate. And wow, then, he did the math himself. Yeah. Well, he is an algebra freak, so. Yeah, so he determined that there was like 66 people died on crate. And then from that, th- Logan's crazy, uh, as you can see from our chats, but he he thinks that because 66 people died on crate, that it has a connection to Order 66, and the giant thing's a fucking conspiracy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's actually pretty he's a, good. He's a crate truther. Oh, man. Oh. Order sixty six. Crate was an happened. inside job. <laughs> uh, there was more to Order sixty six than we knew. Yeah. Okay. So will will we see Maz Kanata again? Definitely. I think because JJ's yeah, back sure. at the helms, uh, I think that Maz is his character. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, Maz was the reason to have the redo the Cantina scene, but but not also that she definitely added a different. Uh, she's definitely a new intro type of character that we saw introduced into the star wars right very old very wise she very like experienced has yeah, definitely like seen some shit yeah she's like the old whore that lives down the street you know <laughs> oh geez <laughs> well considering every single time they talk about a guy that they need help from oh, she's yeah. just like he can do anything <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like you know in episode eight she's like she's talking about the guy the uh the master, the master code breaker, the master code breaker. Yeah, she's like, yeah, he can do anything. Yeah, <laughs> and then Chewie's her boyfriend. Yeah, like Chewie tries to stay. Maz Kanata is just like this. Chewie's it, afraid of she's her. She's an ancient space <laughs> whore. I mean, <laughs> but I think uh, JJ will bring her back, and she'll have some sort of role in Episode Nine, whether that be assisting the resistance and gaining uh, its its foothold again against the first order or anything like that. I'm sure we'll see something along those lines. And now for the last topic of discussion, the last topic, do we need more anthology films? Mohammed? I think this is a rhetorical question. Um, (laughs) Do we need more anthology films? Absolutely. Do we want more anthology films? Absolutely. Will we get any more anthology films? I have no idea. Probably not. Um, there's, they've already got their plates full with the new rebooting, trying to inject so much more effort into Avatar and all the new Star Wars projects Fuck that have Avatar. coming up. But, I mean, the great thing about Star Wars for me is that it's has never taken, I think as far as I know, for, at least in my in my humble experience, is that this story, which began in 1977, it, never before has there been a story that has that has been relayed by so many different storytellers, from novels to comic books to video games to TV shows uh, to now a live a live action TV show to again to 
to different trilogies spanning decades to uh, I mean, it's it's just the list goes on and on, and I'm sure they're only going to get more creative with it. So many different authors, so many different illustrators and voice actors and um, live action actors, direct just um, so the anthology. As far as the anthology goes, there's just so it's just like someone picks something that's not that's interesting that fans love. So everybody um, know what's going on with those Boba Fett films? The, the exactly. Film it, the, that, uh, that's exactly a perfect month. example. The guy that was writing the Boba Fett film started to become active again. Yeah. So it might still be happening, but if I want a Boba Fett film, I want something that like along the lines of like a Star Wars underground thing where it shows these uh, bounty hunters, you know? Yeah. See, that's exactly what I mean is that like there's this aspect of the galaxy, you know, the underground, the bounty hunters, the, the bounty hunter scene that we got a glimpse of briefly um, in tidbits here and there in – um, through Asajj Ventress's story and Clone Wars, the TV Rogue show. Rogue One, too. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 of course. I think that it's just like this this aspect of the galaxy, someone dives into it more and elaborates it and adds more to the story. And we would have got that one. with uh, George Lucas's live action show if that didn't get shelved and, you know, like many of George Lucas's projects mm-hmm. just gets put on the shelf. And I think that they used actually some of the scripts and stuff the ideas from that TV show in the Han Solo movie. So we might actually get to explore that underground aspect in the Solo movie because, you know, he is the I mean, he would be an active part of that underground scene. His relationship with Jabba the Hutt or even uh, you know, with like Tobias Beckett. Mm-hmm. It, he's, he's part of the smuggling ring and he's going to be joining this team. And he's ex-Imperial. He's, he's a fucking Han Solo. We know what he's about. <laughs> I know with Boba Fett, he's supposed to he was supposed to survive the pit of Sarlacc, so I was interested in seeing how that went. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's canon yet, but we, we could see him show up, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we do get a Boba Fett movie, who's going to play him? Do we want Daniel Logan from the prequels to play him? Or do we want the guy that did the clones? <laughs> Probably have to be the guy that did the clones. Because, I mean, I mean, Boba Fett was still technically a clone. Boba Fett was still technically a clone, so I mean, the way that goes, it'd be kind of weird having the one guy do it and he looks exactly like Jango Fett whenever Boba Fett's actually supposed to be a clone and look like the clone troopers. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Or who knows, they might have it to where they altered his DNA so much to where like he doesn't even look like a clone trooper or he doesn't even look like Jango Fett, he just looks like somebody else entirely. Yeah, that's that's very possible. If I do, if we do get a Boba Fett movie, I want Daniel Logan to at least voice him. Yeah, and he doesn't right. necessarily have to take his helmet off. No, not really. You can just pull a friggin' Halo. Just, <laughs> be like the. Be like the what Star- does Master Chief look like? <laughs> <laughs> we all know what Boba Fett looks like, though. Just go watch any of the goddamn movies. Yeah. What do you guys think? Do you think it's gonna go post Episode Six? Do you think it would go um, him growing up? Or do you think it would be like his time in the in the OG trilogy? I want between I want between three and four. Yeah, like if he were to so show up in Solo, great. But I would also like to see his transition from boy teenager into fucking Boba Fett, the Mandalorian bounty hunter, the no fucks given, given rocket launching, flame throwing. Jedi killing son of a bitch that he that he became, you know. Yeah, I it's just 
it's it's just things we want and there's a lot of speculation the same thing goes with the obi-wan movie if we ever do get that i mean ewan mcgregor is more than capable of producing things like that so i'm not a hundred percent sure on how that would work out do you know he's christopher robin now? i did see that <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw that on his list of imdb christopher oh, robin fucking winnie the pooh uh <laughs> what other anthology films could we have yoda yeah we could have a yoda mall I think there's already too much um, literature um, devoted to Maul to justify an anthology film. Well, then I want a Yoda prequel movie. Oh, for sure. I mean, Yoda is one of the only alien characters where, like, we'd never see another alien character of the same species. Well, you did see one because there was Yaddle. Yeah, Yaddle. I think we've had this talk when we were teenagers. <laughs> Yoda Yaddle. Yeah, Yaddle took Yoda's place whenever. Yoda I think was she out died between episodes one and two, though, saving Anakin. I think there's a there's actually a book or a comic on that. What's uh, another anthology film? The, the possibilities are endless, and oh, definitely for sure, endless. So. I think we should come to a close here, but we should also do a little bit of advertising. We do now have a website. We are part of a parent group called the Dubak Discussion Network. Uh, we have officially expanded to that. Uh, you can find us at dubackdiscussion.net. We produce uh, news articles for you guys, opinion pieces, such things like that. We have YouTube videos put out. We have uh, facts of the day, so you can uh, brush up on your Star Wars news and knowledge. You know what I mean? Uh Mohammed's an administrator there. Mohammed, uh, would you like to say a little bit? I'm just so excited for this. We've put in a lot of effort. I've invested a lot of money and everything. Thank you, TJ, for all the effort and you know time and energy you've devoted to this. Um, I mean, all this kind of is thanks to you. But I do hope, and not hope. I know we will. Will this website is taking off, and um, we won't be able to do it without you know, the audience's help. So hope any comments, any suggestions, criticisms, anything at all, all is welcome. Please feel free. You'll find it on the contact us um, page on the website, but you know, just for here, just please feel free to email us at dobackdiscussion at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, any, any questions you guys have, feel free. We also got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Uh, next week, we will have Logan with us. Uh, Jordan will not be there with us, so we'll at least have one of our Padawans. We might have a special guest. Who knows? Just stay tuned for next week's episode. Tim, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks it so was much, fun. Tim. Like, I'll, I'd do it anytime if I can. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, well, I'm sure we'll have you on another special episode of the Dubac Discussion. Oh, I'm sure. But for that, uh, that is uh, TJ Bowser signing off. Grandmaster Mo, it's been a pleasure. Go Leader Tim, signing off. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>